Hello, we're the Lost Boys. I'm Tandy, and that's Harlan. Say hi, Harlan. Hi, Harlan. And in today's video, we are going to be discussing Ruby from Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborne in Disney's Lorcana and doing a full set review over this color. Uh, we've done the three colors so far, and I've had a good time doing it. And uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, so, uh, Harlan, we're going to start with Scar, Vicious Cheater. This is a seven-cost, uninkable 6-5 iteration of Scar. The quest for two has Rush, so it can uh, challenge the turn it comes into play. And the ability, Daddy isn't here to save you. During your turn, whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, you may ready this character. He can't quest for the rest of the turn. What do you think about this powerful seven-drop from Ruby? This card is fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's it's been way stronger than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought this card would be completely sat on by Be Prepared. But basically what this card does is it comes down, eats as much of your opponent's board as it is allowed to do. Um, if it doesn't die from the, the challenge or two that it gets in, it's readied so your opponent can't challenge it back. And then, so they need to play to the board because you have like a two point quester that also is threatening to challenge something, but then this can just sing, be prepared. So it's like the perfect card to pair with it. Nice. And I didn't think about that. Exactly. It also punishes your opponent for the turns where, you know, they're, they already have a board presence, so they'll quest and they aren't going to play more into the be prepared. Then the scar just comes in, cleans up the board and you're ahead on board. It it's just been phenomenal. It does have some tension in that. They're both seven cost and uninkable, but you're kind of already built towards that plan anyway. Right. So it's just about managing your uninkable count and the card has just been phenomenal. Yeah. The uninkable count I think is the big thing. You know, we've, we've seen some stress with be prepared Rafiki and some of the other uh, big amethyst drops like Ursula that are uninkable. And so it'll be uh, interesting to see if this just supplants some of those other uninkables that you see uh, out of the Ruby amethyst deck. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if it plays as well as you say, then uh, I'm very excited about it. I was already pretty excited about it, but that's sweet. Uh, next up, another seven drop. This is going to be Lumiere, Hot-Headed Candelabra, uh, seven cost, inkable, seven, seven. So very large and a quest for two, but no abilities. Yeah, I think this card is just going to be mostly a limited card. Uh, Ruby is not a color that really struggles for stats. You know, we've seen Scar, we have Maui. Uh, granted, those aren't really great questers. They're more character challenge focused, but we're not scraping the barrel for, for big characters right. in this color. Uh, next up, moving on, we're going to be talking about Lady Tremaine, Imperious Queen. This is a six cost uninkable three, four, the quest for two. It does have a shift, so we're going to be looking for some smaller Lady Tremaines just for four. Uh, and it says the ability power to rule at last. When you play this character, each opponent chooses and banishes one of their characters. So it's like an edict effect. Your opponent chooses, but uh, it does uh, act as removal and it can be removal as early as turn four if you can shift with it. Yeah, so uh, we are getting to this a little bit later. You know, we've been playing with the cards now. Um, going in, this card rang to me that like this card is incredibly strong mm -hmm. even though it's uninkable like absolutely i'm going to be playing minimum two copies in basically every ruby deck i'll probably end up playing four in most of them the card just seemed fantastic to me and it has kind of defined the metagame uh initial weeks 
The card is incredibly strong. You don't even need to be shifting it because it only costs six. When you are shifting it, though, it's kind of ridiculous because you are either doing it very early in the board and being very ahead on board because you get that two points of questing in, or you're double spelling, which is also incredibly strong on like turn six because you're additionally getting that tempo positive two points of lore in. The card is just fantastic, and it's here to stay. Yeah, I'm glad to hear because when I first saw it, I thought it was awesome as well. Um, we talked about the six cost Yzma from Amethyst that uh, does something kind of similar. It's a six drop that comes in and blows something up. It gives your opponent two cards, or you can target your own thing and draw two cards. But for this, you know, that edict effect, I was afraid that only chewing up like a small character, a one or a two drop out of amber or steel might limit its effectiveness. But I think that uh, it's pretty clear that, for example, Ruby Amethyst Control is just very good at controlling those early characters with things like uh, Gaston, Arrogant Hunter, and Rafiki uh, Sage. And uh, this just coming down on curve naturally just feels like a very disgusting effect. So I'm glad that it's playing as, as good as we originally thought. Uh, next up uh, is Raya, Leader of the Heart, uh, six cost inkable, five three with shift four and it quests for two, and the ability Champion of Kumandra. Whenever this character challenges a damaged character, she takes no damage from the challenge. Wow. Yeah, I think this card has a potential future um, based completely around that shift ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is. You know, uh, a great addition to Maui in a lot of Ruby decks. But, you know, when you aren't shifting this, the card gets a little too easy to play around from the opponent's side where they don't have to expose damaged characters to this to be challenged. My big thing is that it's difficult in Lorcana, from my experience, to uh, leave characters on the table with damage on them. Either doing so is a huge punish with things like Rapunzel and now all of these things like, you know, being challenged. So like there's such a high incentive to just trade off your characters when they start like taking that chip damage and uh, just the nature of the way the game is played. We have, you know, characters that have like high strength, low willpower, you know, or low willpower, high strength. But oftentimes it becomes like two pieces of a puzzle and you find ways to trade up and you trade your stuff into theirs so that you essentially leave nothing with damage on it basically ever. Uh, so uh, if I do want to use this card, I think it's going to have to pair in steel uh, so that you can do some of that AOE that like spray damage or some more pinpoint damage. But overall, I'm, I'm not super excited about it, but it, it's it's a cool card. Uh, next up, we're going to be uh, doing uh, the second iteration of Radigan that I've seen. This is a uh, Radigan very large mouse, five cost, uninkable, three, three, uh, quest for two with the ability, this is my kingdom. When you play this character, exert chosen opposing character with three strength or less. Choose one of the your characters and ready them. They can't quest for the rest of the turn. So essentially, your thing uh, gets uh, exerted. My thing gets readied uh, as long as they're small enough uh, on the opposing side. And that allows you to trade your stuff into theirs. Uh, this seems like a an interesting card, but maybe a little difficult to utilize and construct it. But perhaps absolutely phenomenal in, say, draft or seal deck. Yeah, I think this card, again, is it that uninkable is going to hold a lot of cards back, especially the situational ones like this one, where, you know, this effect when it's happening is extremely powerful. 
where, you know, I get a kind of like a free quest in with my character. I get to ready it. I get to set up a challenge on your thing that you've been trying to protect or you really need to ready with like a, an aerial spectacular singer or something like that. Right. That's really powerful. But, you know, this is competing with cards like Lady Tremaine and Scar and just, you know, isn't quite as powerful as those things, even when it's doing its thing. Um, I agree. Th- yeah, it. I like the card a lot. I hope it sees a lot of play. I think it's going to get, you know, kind of held back. Next up, uh, this is Queen of Hearts, Sensing Weakness, 5 cost inkable, 4-3, as shift 2. So very similar to, um, you know, the Queen from Amber being able to shift for 2. Uh, if we get a 1-drop Queen of Hearts, this can shift on turn 2 and be quite explosive. Uh, it does only quest for 1, but it has the ability to let the game begin. Whenever one of your characters challenges another character, you may draw a card. Yeah, this card uh, really intrigues me because it you get it immediately, right? Yes. You, you are going to get your card, maybe even two, immediately when you play this, and that is really powerful. It also it, adds it, a lot of value to things like the Radigan we just looked at, where mm-hmm. you have the ability to exert your opponent's stuff. Yeah, that's true, where you know you can play this, get your card or two, and then the following turn where, you know, they have maybe rebuilt their board or tried to play around you being able to challenge and get more cards because they haven't gotten this off the table yet. That's where a card like the Radigan can, you know, shine, where you're you're generating additional value on top of its ability. Mm. The problem is that, you know, these cards are competing on slot with Maui, where, you know, that sure. five, you know, Maui is always going to be present of... This thing is really good and costs five. What are you doing that's better than this or different than this? And, you know, Queen of Hearts is definitely a card that you can play like four Maui's and like two of this, no problem. Right, because it has the shift and uh, and also is inkable too, unlike mm-hmm. the Radigan. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Donald Duck. Not again! Five cost, inkable, one five, the quest for one, evasive, uh, with the ability Fooey. This character gets plus one lore for each damage on it. Uh, very uh, weird card, but perhaps a strong, evasive, uh, you know, does do some really cool stuff when you're uh, able to challenge early and then start questing later on. And so maybe you send Donald Duck into like a 3-3 just to generate some more lore on the following turn. This one seems pretty cool, but maybe hard to, to get off the ground. Yeah, this this card has a lot of potential, um, a lot of combo potential. Ve- threatens to be a very, very powerful card. And yeah, I don't know if it's going to get there. You know, yeah. five cost in Ruby, like we talked about, is kind of a big ask. But, you know, it has a lot of things going for it. It's evasive. It's inkable. It has a million willpower. This card could be very strong. Um, I don't really... I don't know if it's great yet. It might need some support. It might have the support already. It's definitely a card to keep an eye on. All right, next up, Card Soldiers Full Deck. This is a 5-cost inkable 5-5, the quest for two, no abilities. Uh, We saw the Honey Wizard and Amethyst. Uh, This is just kind of filling out the stats, filling out the gaps, I think, in in curves. Yeah, this card tells you already. The deck's full. There's no room for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. All right, we're going to be moving on to the four drops now. Uh, this is 
Dinner Bell, a four-cost item with the ability, you know what happens. And it's uh, exert and uh, spend two ink to draw cards equal to the damage on chosen character of yours and then banish them. So uh, we're eating. We're eating our yeah, own this is, character. This is your favorite thematic card of the set, right? Yeah. Um, it's so flavorful, <laughs> Todd, on so many layers. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go with gross, but awesome. <laughs> Very cool flavor, uh, but uh, I don't like the implications. You know, these are my friends. These are my childhood <laughs> friends, and I don't want to eat them. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about Tuck Tuck Wrecking Ball. This is a four-cost uninkable, four-five. Doesn't have anything to quest, but it does have Reckless, so uh, can't quest and must challenge each turn if able. Uh, the fact that this is not inkable is pretty disappointing. Uh, the fact that it doesn't have charge is extremely disappointing. Uh, this could have been like a nice compliment to Maui if it, if it would just have rush. Uh, but maybe that would make it a little too strong. Um, mostly I, I think that this card just, uh, got tweaked a little too much and I think it's just going to be unplayable. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that this card isn't isn't great, but it has some of the best flavor text I've ever seen, which is a good friend is always ready to roll. Love it. Love it. Uh, next up, a pretty generic iteration of Raya. This is Warrior of Kumandra. Four cost inkable, five, three, the quest for one. It's storyborn. It's a hero. It's a princess. Has a bunch of, you know, random uh, keyword thingy type things on it. But overall, no text. Uh, and we already have a scar that's pretty similar. So I don't think it really requires too much chatter about yep uh okay we have namari nemesis this is a four cost uninkable three three uh with quest for one with the ability this shouldn't take long and you may exert this to banish this character to banish chosen character so i trade my namari for your anything what do you think about this one this one is exciting to me yeah, this one stands out to me, too, as being pretty strong. There's a ton of matchups where this is, you know, dragon fire that's delayed for a turn where they can't remove a readied character. And so you're you're getting like like a tempo positive play, like against a lot of, you know, gene like, say, Emerald, Amber, Aggro, right? You get to play this into a Maui turn mm -hmm. where you get to kill two of their characters in the same turn, which is really strong. and you know, the four drop slot historically is something that's been very weak in Lorcana in general. If you're not shifting, you haven't done anything really impactful on turn four. Usually this card is, you know, a, a decent way to fill that gap in the curve. Yeah, I love, too, that this works so well with things that can ready it so that you can quest, ready it, and then activate it. Uh, you can also use this to, like, challenge something that's smaller, like a Simba Protective Cub, then ready it, then activate it if it survives. Um, so a lot to love about this card, you know, and there's a reason why it's a super rare. This is a really unique effect and a very cool ability, and I think Namari might actually just enable uh, more of this, like, ready-style Ruby deck that we haven't seen too much of with things like Shield of Virtue, you know. Next up, we're going to be talking about Mulan Soldier in Training. There's a four cost uninkable four three uh, with Rush and a quest for one. So this is kind of like Tuck Tuck, the thing that I wanted, except instead of a four five, it's a four three, uh, and it doesn't have Reckless, so you don't have to to challenge. But uh, what do you think about Mulan? Uh, it. I don't see it seeing much play, you know, uninkable four costs. 
it's it's gonna have a hard time. Only it, three willpower, so it doesn't even trade that well, or, or doesn't yeah, doesn't it, eat that well. It only trades, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard when you you hit the first one right on the nose with Maui, and then everything forever has to get compared to Maui. Yeah, and yeah, even it's Rafiki as well, right? I think Rafiki being a mm-hmm. three cost uh, rush character, right? It allows you. Um, very little flexibility between the three and the five cost and how you can make rush characters, uh, inkable, uninkable, sizing, etc. Yeah, for, for a design aspect, it makes a lot of sense to not have all the cards be the same and have them all be different and unique and stuff. But from a competitive aspect, it does make it so some cards are just clearly better than others. And, right. you know... That only sucks for us competitive players. You know, everybody else just gets to enjoy their sweet cards and their sweet characters that they like. I agree. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, next up, we have a Minnie Mouse Wide-Eyed Diver. This is a four-cost inkable. Very important. Two, three. Not very good stats, but it does have shift for two, so it can shift onto a different Minnie Mouse, including the one-drop one-three Minnie Mouse from Chapter 1. It has evasive, so it's difficult to challenge, and it has the ability Undersea Adventure. When you play a second action in a turn, this character gets plus two lore generation this turn. So with one cost uh, sapphire uh, things that draw a card, the actions, uh, you can play a couple of those and then uh, trigger the mini mouse so it quests for an extra two. Uh, but you can also use it alongside some songs. Uh, I'm mostly just interested in like a pretty cheap evasive character that later in the game you have the ability to kind of juice it a bit. But uh, after seeing the full spoiler, I'm much less high on this card than I was when it was previewed very early in preview season. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put this is that this is a very exciting card that, you know, we didn't really get all the payoffs we need, all the all the setup for it we need in this set. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot more sets to come. And this card has a, the sky's the limit for this card and these types of cards where, you know, as we get more sets and more chapters, they only have the potential to get better. One thing I'm, one thing I really want to stress is that uh, with songs uh, and maybe pairing Amber with Ruby, you can get some of the ready effects like LeFou and you can maybe just like use early Cinderella's to sing multiple things that will trigger the mini mouse. And, you know, there's all sorts of little mini combos that you can do. And it's one of those cards that will only get better, like you said, as more cards are released. So that's a great point. Uh, next up, let's talk about Share Khan, Menacing Predator. This is a three cost inkable, three, three. So pretty good stats. And it's inkable with the ability, don't insult my intelligence. Whenever one of your characters challenges another character, gain one lore. This card seems pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I think this card is very good. Um, I don't expect to be playing a lot of this card. I'll probably usually play a couple in most of my Ruby decks just as a good way to, you know, situationally when the game is developed where I'm kind of on the back foot, but, you know, I'm slightly slanted towards, you know, questing for a victory instead of just sitting around to win the game. This is a good way to kind of break that parity where I do get to remove your characters via challenging but I'm also building my lore count so you aren't pulling way ahead the whole time. Right. Um, I think this card is a really good role player. And, you know, some decks might want to play four, but I think, you know, largely, I think a couple is all you really need because you're not always going to want them. Your opponent's not always going to have a bunch of characters for you to challenge. You might have been on the play in an aggressive matchup where they're the ones who have to be challenging because you went first. 
Yeah, uh, I think one, one thing I really like about it is that there's a huge incentive to challenge against the Amber decks early and to play instead of inking your one drop and two drop characters. And this is just like a perfect payoff for, for doing that. And it's reasonably sized and there's no downside because it's inkable. Uh, so I, I think it's an awesome card and it's one that looks very nice in the, uh, the showcase frame. Uh, all right, so next up, we're going to be talking about an action song. This is the most diabolical scheme. Three-cost uninkable song. Uh, banish chosen villain of yours to banish chosen character. So for me, this is like how many one-cost villains can I play with the most diabolical scheme in order to make it worth the sacrificing my own character to deal with my opponents? Um, my gut instinct says this is a too significant of a cost. So I'm going the other direction. Oh, I'm think I'm looking for how many three-cost villains can I play that gain me a card back when I play them like three cost Maleficent and they can sing it. Oh, they sing it. So then you are kind of, you're not getting the power level because you're effectively still playing, paying three for this. Yeah. But you get the effect to turn later, but that character comes into play and, you know, put some dynamic pressure on your opponent in that that character can do things on my turn once we get back to it. So they have to kind of play around that potential, but then I'm not, I'm not losing any real advantage when I'm, you know, sacrificing my thing, but I get a huge advantage in that I'm removing your thing plus playing a card for my full ink value that turn that i'm removing your thing so what you're saying is another song that's great with maleficent sorcerers yeah i think that's going to be a common trend until the end of time okay <laughs> awesome let's just hope they never put another one in <laughs> in the card file hopefully not in ruby all right next up uh this is tigger one of a kind three cost inkable three three with the quest for one, and it has the ability Energetic. When you play an action, this character gets plus two strength this turn. Uh, seems like pretty decent limited fodder, but uh, overall pretty weak for Constructed. Yep. All right. Uh, next, we have the uh, small iteration of Raya. This is Raya Headstrong. Three cost inkable, two three, with the ability Note to Self. Don't die. During your turn, whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, you may ready this character. She can't quest for the rest of the turn, and she quests for one. Yeah, I think this card, it, it just doesn't have the stats to really go with this ability. Um, I think it's maybe something to keep an eye on if we get some ways to, you know, heal this mid-turn without being something, a, a competitive way to be doing that while also having a bunch of ways to pump it. So maybe like a going really deep to enable this card, but you know, like a Ruby Sapphire deck that heals it and pumps it with support. But then you're just like doing all of this work to enable a three drop that isn't all that good. Otherwise enable a three drop. That's only a two, three or whatever. It's just like not yeah. even that big. No, I feel you. Yep. All right. Uh, so next up, this is actually my favorite, uh, Ruby card in the set. This is Minnie Mouse Stylish Surfer. Uh, three cost inkable, one three. Quest for two, and it has evasive. This is just all good, all of it. The only thing that's a downside is one strength, but that literally only matters if your opponent has something with evasive to challenge back, or if you just like really desperately need to challenge with it to, to beat up on something with two willpower. 
Um, but uh, I, I absolutely adore this this extremely cheap and aggressive Ruby Mini Mouse. Would you say this card goes into your top ten most fun things? Uh, this is me putting on my sunglasses, and I was waiting for a pun, but I don't get it. Oh, because of the flavor the pun text. pun is the flavor text. That was the pun. Yeah, it is. It's great. Remove those sunglasses, Todd. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got owned on that one. All right, next up. <laughs> Honest John, uh, three cost, uninkable, two, three. Uh, quest for one with the ability Easy Street. Whenever you play a Floodborne character, each opponent loses one lore. Yeah, I think... This card is sweet if we get into like a weird metagame where we have enough, you know, kind of Floodborne characters we want to be playing and every deck's aggressive. This could start seeing some play, but, you know, it's it's meager stats, meager ability. Um, I would imagine just playing like a full Aladdin package from Chapter 1 would be better than doing this. Agree. I mean, I, I think from just playing uh, the baby Aladdin in Chapter 1, we realize that like... Your opponents just don't quest early because they're afraid of getting their characters destroyed yep. by, you know, slightly larger characters with rush. And uh, I, I think that uh, that's just going to be a common trend. And I think making your opponent lose lore in general is just going to be a relatively weak ability because of it. Very similarly, you know, I think buffing your character strength, unless it's a massive buff like uh, like Phil support three or um the queens you know like plus four from the big shift i think that uh it's going to be rare that that type of an effect has too much impact because the game's not really that much about combat unless you make it about combat and your deck is all about combat and similarly this is a card that is trying to be reactive against a thing that your opponent can just ignore and and just like okay i'll just build up my whole board and then i'll annihilate you in one fell swoop Next up, Fidget, uh, Radigan's Henchman, three cost, inkable, three two with evasive and a quest for one. Pretty not uh, exciting. Yeah, evasive characters are not meant to have high strengths and low lores. They are meant to have whatever strength because it's basically irrelevant and uh, as high a lore count as possible. Yeah, I mean, a two cost evasive 01, the quest for two would be phenomenal, right? Yep. I agree. All right, next. Uh, three cost inkable blue fun loving bear. It's a four three for three. The quest for one no abilities. Thoughts? Uh, I love blue in all his shapes, sizes, and forms. <laughs> but uh, this card is not going to see any competitive play. I tell you that. All right, here's a question for you. I don't know if you know this or not. I'm I'm more curious myself. But in my brain, blue fun lo- or like blue the character from Jungle Book has the same voice. As the little John from the uh, Robin Hood cartoon movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's the same actor doing both, and it's essentially the same character, just like shifted into a different setting. Yeah. Do you you also know Ducktales? A woo. Uh, vaguely. Yeah. Oh, is he the? Is he one of the the pilots? Well, that's or Baloo. That is just Baloo. If I remember correctly from my childhood. Cool. Either I'm being like Berenstein because it was also the same voice actor and a bear character, or it's actually Baloo. I think it was actually Baloo. I think it is actually Baloo, so that's cool. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to get to the two drops. This is uh, an item called Peter Pan's Dagger. Two costs uninkable, and it says your characters with evasive get plus one strength. Same thing. Yeah, it, it's about... My, it's my about, evasive characters don't need strength. Yeah, they need lore. They need lore, and they need to be cheap. Mm-hmm. That's why Pascal's so good, man. I love Pascal. Pascal's sweet. All right, next up, uh, this is You Can Fly. 
This is a two-cost inkable action song. Song is a big deal. And it says, chosen character gains evasive until the start of your next turn. Uh, and so essentially that just allows your non-evasive character to challenge an evasive character because, as we know, uh, it will lose it. Oh, no, I guess it, it says no, until it, the start of your next turn. turn. Oh, it's still a... Uh, it's either or. Yeah. draw a card. At least but. it's either or, right? Most of those things are just like, uh, was it Robin Hood, Unrivaled Archer from the first set in Sapphire? Mm-hmm. When it comes in, it gives something evasive until end of turn. This gives evasive for a full turn cycle, so it can protect something like, uh, I don't know, a Lilo making a wish or some other thing that quests for high amounts. It just makes it more difficult to challenge, but overall, pretty weak card, I think. Uh, next up, Teeth and Ambitions. This is a two-cost song. Uh, from another, is this the same song from Be Prepared? Like, is this just yes. Be Prepared Part Two? And it says, uh, deal two damage to chosen character of yours to deal two damage to another chosen character. Uh, so this might combo with things that say, uh, you know, want to deal damage to my own stuff, like the five cost Donald Duck with evasive that we saw earlier. Uh, the fact that it's a song is kind of cool, and maybe it pairs nicely with things like Rapunzel gifted with healing. Card is phenomenal. It pairs well with. Rapunzel. It pairs well with your ruby cards that want damage on them. It pairs really well with your amethyst cards that's going to pick up your character anyway. It's inkable. It, you know, it does have a downside, but there's a lot of cards to make that downside into an upside. And then it also mitigates all of its own downsides just by being inkable and removal when you really need it to be. Love it. Love it. All right, moving on. Uh, we're going to be talking about another song. This is Go the Distance. This is from Hercules. I can go the distance. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Something like that. All right. Uh, two cost inkable uh, song. It says ready chosen damaged character of yours. They can't quest for the for the rest of this turn. Draw a card. Uh, this is a little hard to enable because it requires you to have a damaged character. But uh, if you can pair it with the, the card we just looked at, maybe it does something. I would be way more in on this card if it said re- ready chosen character if it's damaged. They can't quest for the rest of the turn, draw a card. Oh, so it could target anything to draw a card without yeah. any real downside? Yeah. Yeah. That- well, I mean, the downside is that you're paying two to do it. but Or are singing it, wasn't. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, like, at least you could get the card back whenever you needed it, just as long as there was a character in play, but there has to be a damage character and it has to be your damage character. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up we have queen of hearts impulsive ruler. This is a two cost inkable two, two with rush and it quests for one. So a small rush character. Uh, more importantly though, this is something maybe for one of the big uh, queen of hearts that do have shift uh, to shift onto for quite cheaply. Yeah. I think this card is, enticing to me um especially pairing well with the larger one that has shift um i think the things that are going to hold this back is twofold it's simba protective cub as we expected just because this is a rusher that doesn't get past it which i think actually would be fine because this is inkable Mm -hmm. and you know it's good against all their other draws but i think teeth and ambitions is actually going to keep this from seeing a lot of play just because we have a removal spell that does two damage. We don't need a two point rusher. Yeah, we need a two cost two three like the I think there's a Donald Duck in Ruby from the mm-hmm. first set that's a two cost two three and that works nicely with it. 
Uh, next up, we have Mother Gothel, Withered and Wicked. This is a two-cost inkable 3-4. That's huge stats. This has to have a, a major drawback. Quest for one. And it says, what have you done? This character enters play with three damage. Okay, so it's basically a 3-1, but you can heal it. So it's something that you can play early that uh, is a nice target for all those amber heal effects without any real uh, necessary or without being necessary to challenge. Yeah, Todd, I thought you said it was, it had to have a drawback, not an upside. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, you're right. This is, I mean, look, at the very worst, this is a two cost three one. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a pretty sweet ability. But the fact that it's, you know, starting willpower is just higher than its actual willpower when it comes in just adds so many cool uh, little combo potentials. And we already know that Rapunzel Gifted with Healing is one of the best cards in the game. Uh, and this just adds another thing that might actually make Amber mixed with Ruby playable. I want to point out most of the things we've talked about in uh, the last few videos has been, hey, how does this pair with Amber? And I'm starting to think that maybe Amber is just the best color by a lot. <laughs> you did. You already figured that out last chapter. I did, but I was hoping that it would change a little bit. But uh, the yeah, new, I, I was too until the new they queen showed the, the, the new queen. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, okay, at least the thing we shift onto will not cost one and will probably be in a different color. And then they put a one cost into Amber to yeah. do it. It's just why uh, I want to play other colors than Amber Todd, but I can't uh, before we continue. I'd like to take this moment to say thank you to our sponsor, uh, games and comics paradise. They're a game store out of Fairfax, Virginia, uh, specializing in trading card games like uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and now Disney's Lorcana. Make sure to check out gamesandcomicsparadise.com, uh, uh, or sorry, gcparadise.com, uh, in order to get all of your TCG supplies today. Thank you so much to sponsoring the Lost Boys. All right, next up, we have Minnie Mouse zipping around. Minnie Mouse zipping around is a two-cost, three-two inkable quest for one. Uh, nothing super special on this one, but it is a Minnie Mouse for some shifting, and it does have three strength to maybe challenge that Simba that you hate so much. Hey. Oh, do you like Simba? Because you didn't put I mean, in you didn't put it in your uh, your Amber, Sa- Amber Sapphire deck you used to win the Invitational. Well, that's because I don't need any bodyguards. All my stuff was already mm. so chonky. I saw Maximus in the deck. I don't think you're telling the truth. Yeah, I didn't need Maximus. <laughs> Maximus just filled out the curve, right? That actually, yeah, we just needed another good five drop. All right, so what about this, this Minnie Mouse? Do you like this thing? This Minnie Mouse is, is sweet. I think it's it's just like the Cheshire Cat from Emerald. You know, I could see playing a couple just to answer some Simba Protective Cubs. And yeah, like, it's just a fine filler on a spot in the curve and it it does what it does all right uh next up lady tremaine overbearing matriarch this is a two cost uninkable two two with the ability not for you uh, when you play this character each opponent with more lore than you loses one lore uh quest for one uh, this is kind of like a smaller version of the three cost Aladdin. That's uh, that one is inkable and has a big shift. This is a baby lady Tremaine that can maybe uh, pair nicely with the shift lady Tremaine. Uh, have you tried these two together and how did the uninkable version of the lady Tremaine feel? I personally have not. I've shied away from it just because this card is as conditional as you can get right. where it is uninkable. It also only uh, triggers when it comes into play if your opponent's ahead on lore mm-hmm. and you know the the payoff for being able to shift your larger ladies remain just 
hasn't been worth it for me. I have, you know, it has looked pretty strong from my opponent's side, but also I don't see their hand when they're struggling with their uninkables. So, like, I only see the best case scenario for the cards when they're playing them like that. Um, and I try and keep that in mind, and I hope everybody at home does too, where uninkables always look really good when your opponent is playing them because they've already gotten to the point where they're playing them and they aren't rotting in their hand. You got to keep in mind that you aren't seeing the full story on that. That you, you know, keep in mind that there is a huge cost and those cards are going to rot in your hand at some amount of the time, especially a situational one like this. And, you know, this card might be worth it. I definitely should be playing some with it to really, you know, find that out for myself. But I kind of like to shortcut a lot of the time. And if I think it's one way, you know, most of the time I'm usually right. So Plus, somebody will prove me know, wrong. I was going to say, let someone else prove me wrong. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, that's why we play the tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about Boone, Pre- Precocious Entrepreneur. There's a two-cost, two-three inkable, uh, the quest for one. So this is another enabler for the deal two to me, deal two to you thingy that we talked about earlier. Yeah, I I don't know. I've never been as high on these two-cost, two-threes as you have. Um, I don't know if these are necessary, even with Teeth and Ambitions. I think the upside of Teeth and Ambitions is that you play them on your larger characters. Sure. Fair enough. All right, we're getting to the one drops now. It says the sword and the stone, a one cost item, not inkable. And it says uh, exert and pay two. Chosen character gets plus one strength this turn for each one damage on them. Well, man, for a card as iconic as sword and the stone, this is quite the stinker, man. Yeah, I wouldn't even play this if it was inkable. I wouldn't play it if it was inkable. I wouldn't. Okay. Uh, so if it was a one cost inkable item that said exert, spend two uh, ink to chosen character gets plus three strength until end of turn. I wouldn't play that card. I don't think. No, maybe if it costs one. You know, we, we have uh, what like, what's the scimitar or whatever in uh, Emerald from chapter one that sees no play. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, just, it's like, yeah, two cost inkable gives something plus one. Yeah, I think it's plus. It's like one it's like it's exert for plus one, and yeah, exactly. So yeah. like, uh, come on, sword in the stone, yeah. make it cool, make it do yeah. something awesome. Maybe Why isn't this one of the cards that blows something up. Maybe if you figure out a way to sacrifice it, it like draws three cards because you become the freaking king or whatever, and you pulled the sword out. Maybe you sack it to do something. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just really disappointed because sword in the stone is like. It's a great story, uh, iconic from my childhood, and this card is just really not representing what I think the Sword in the Stone should do. So, I don't know. Madge. I'm molding. Uh, all right. Getting into the nitty-gritty one cost. What did you call me? This is an action card, not a song. It says, chosen damage character gets plus three strength this turn. What is the deal with only affecting damaged characters? Is I know that Ruby has the damage... It's thematic. Uh, okay, well, then how about have more cards like that Mother Gothel that deal some damage to themselves when they come into play? You got maybe? teeth and ambitions. Your yeah. opponent's going to deal plenty of damage to your stuff. Don't worry. I mean, like I said earlier, they might be dealing a lot of damage to my stuff, but they are rarely leaving me with a damaged character lying around. That's the nature of the game. And if your opponent is leaving you with a lot of characters with damage around, then they are likely playing very poorly. Or they're just in a very <laughs> losing position. 
Yeah, I think a lot of these cards were designed with uh, Rapunzel gifted with healing being considered like a card in the game, not like the no best fun. card in the game that all the other cards have to revolve around. Well, listen, you know? it doesn't it doesn't even have to do with Rapunzel gifted with healing. Like if you really think about it, if I have a three, three character and you have a two, two character uh, and I quest with my three, three character, there is like no universe where on your turn you just ship your two, two character into my three, three character uh, without a plan to finish it off either that turn or the next turn. It's just a horrible trade of resources. It doesn't really, uh, uh, you know, progress the board in a way that's beneficial for you. And it just essentially opens you up to getting uh, obliterated from your opponent in a number of ways. And, um, you know, it also you can just quest with your thing instead. So like, at what, well, at that's what, actually the problem with the Rapunzel is that you can't even quest with your thing because if I quest with my 2-2, two, two, right. you just send your 3-3 three, three into it and then also draw two cards. But removing Rapunzel from the equation, thing. like playing playing with the starter yeah. decks, for example. like well, Yeah, th- but that's kind of what I was getting at is that like there are already those downsides which made the da- like my stuff needs to be damaged stuff, you know, a little bit of a hoop, which makes it interesting and fun. But then Rapunzel kind of just comes in and wrecks all of that because... Now everybody is cognizant of that no matter what, because that's like the worst case scenario is like letting their thing be damaged at all anyway. And it kind of just it really took the wind out of its sails on this type of theme for me. Hopefully they move away from this theme in the future or just find way better ways to enable it, you know, for advantages. Uh, all right. Uh, lastly, speaking of a wrecking up the place, we're going to be talking about our last card in Ruby. This is Felicia, always hungry, a one cost inkable three one with reckless, which means it can't quest and must challenge each turn if able. Uh, as far as I can remember, this is the first uh, one cost character that has three strength, and uh, it's the only one cost character that can one for one trade with a Simba protective cub. And uh, that makes it, uh, at least for me, worth a second look, even if it is probably not worth it. R.I.P. non-shift goons. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Uh, Felicia and Captain Hook, uh, duelist, I think. Yeah, forceful duelist. Those two are just going to sit on top of every goon that doesn't have a shift. The fact that they can trade up and trade, you know, laterally with the the goons that are seeing play Mm -hmm. is just, they're all inkable. It's... These cards are just phenomenal. Um, definitely play them in the decks that can. You know, I can't imagine a steel deck that doesn't play Captain Hook. It's I'm hard pressed to imagine a Ruby deck that doesn't play some number of Felicias. The card is just so strong. Awesome. On I'm, I'm glad to hear. Uh, and you know, in, in matchups where your opponent doesn't play a one or a two drop, just ink it. It's inkable. Exactly. It is resources. Yeah. yeah and it's even if you hold it because your opponent didn't. It's really easy to play this and another character in a in a given turn, right? Because it costs one. You know, we've seen Ruby Amethyst Control in the past play the goons in their colors, Sergeant Tibbs and uh, uh, the Owl. I can't remember his name, but you know, they Archimedes, Archimedes and uh, I think Felicia just trumps those in significant ways, and that's that's great. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for Ruby and today's video. But uh, Harlan and I will be continuing our exploration of uh, Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborne from Disney's Lorcana. And uh, for Harlan Fear, I'm Tandy. Say bye, Harlan. Bye, Harlan.